bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and this is the second official episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast, although I guess technically it is the third one as well, given the introductory episode, but whatever. It's me, Ewan, and today I'm joined once again by Xander, my partner. Hello, for this episode only, an honorary scouser. Yeah, you can, I'll, I'll give you the title, I think. <laughs> I can do the eh, so that's, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, so um, for, for those who don't know, this is going to be a a little bit of a treat episode. I don't even know if you can have a treat episode this early into the podcasting run. We even found our voice yet. You're like, this is just for me, even though this whole podcast is for you, but you're like, this episode in particular, like, I just want to do something obnoxiously scouse. Yeah, that's 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 definitely it. So uh, this week, this weekend, it is the Champions League final, of which uh, Liverpool FC are playing in against Real Madrid. Uh, for those who don't know, I am from Liverpool originally. I was born um, and raised in Hale Woods. Um, and basically I've been a big Liverpool fan my entire life. I moved away from Liverpool when I was five with the fan to a to a, a place that is basically the black hole of the northwest, which is Warrington. Uh, would not recommend it. Uh, apologies to any Warrington diehards out there, although I guess anyone from Warrington will know that what I say is facts. Um, but I always consider myself a scouser. I uh, moved to um, Newcastle in 2014 to, to do history at Northumbria Uni, and then I basically kind of just just stayed here. Uh, <laughs> I've got that job at What Culture after graduating, and Newcastle's very nice. You know, it kind of reminds me of Liverpool in a way. But yeah, um, in regards to dad movies that I thought we could talk about for the Champions League final weekend, uh, I wrapped my brain, and there was one that I hadn't seen that dads used to go on about quite a bit, and it's called the Fifty First State or. Formula 51, <laughs> if you're in the US. Because the Americans would get a bit confused between the difference, evidently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 51st Date uh, came out in 2001. It's directed by a man called Ronnie Yu, and it stars Samuel Jackson and Robert Carlyle. And it's basically about um, this super smart um, <laughs> drugs chemist, played by Jackson, uh, who rats on his his boss called the Lizard, played by Meatloaf, um, and he goes to Liverpool to basically negotiate a new drug deal because he's come up with the formula for a brand new drug called Drog. Tasty. <laughs> oh, I love that Star Wars character, Drog. Oh yes. Uh, a brand new drug um, called POS. 51, um, and it's basically the ultimate party drug. He describes it as being 51% more powerful than ecstasy and cocaine. Combined. It's the Do Drugs movie. In a blue skittle. It is, Which in it? itself was like a drug if you had the originals back in the day with all the E numbers in That's it. true. I mean, all the Maybe Amer- that's what he was trying to push. All the Americans have the blue stuff. We oh, don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he ends up going to Liverpool. He encounters Robert Carlyle, who is <laughs> the world's biggest Liverpool fan. And uh, basically, shenanigans ensue. The lizard. There's all, there's all sorts going on, basically. But I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it's a nice one to talk about during the Champions League final. It's nice for me to get to talk about you know me being a scouser and being from Liverpool, and I can talk about some unique filmic memories I have of Liverpool. Um, like yeah, I, I have so many fond memories of back when there were like rental stores, and I'm not even talking about Blockbuster here. Me and my dad used to go to a place called George's Video Rental Store. I don't know where it was in Liverpool because I was like, <laughs> I was like four at the time. Um, but we always used to go there and pick up stuff. And uh, my, my fondest memory of George's Video Rental Store is me constantly taking 
Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin out, and then him suggesting to my dad, Hey Dave, uh, have you showed him Batman Returns yet? And my dad was like, no, I haven't. And then lo and behold, he shows four-year-old me Batman Returns. And I start crying at the bit where... I don't even think that we'd rewinded the tape yet. It just started playing at the bit where Selena Kyle intervenes in that mugging slash sex attack. And, like, claws that dude in the face. And it just... It, it scared me. It wasn't it wasn't the Batman animated series that I remember. But, yeah, no, I just... Um, it's nice to get to talk about Liverpool here. Liverpool in film was a great time. Obviously, it was recently featured in The Batman. Oh, you yes. see Batman jump off the Liver Building, a.k.a. the GCPD. You see St. George's. St. George's Hall, Saint yeah. St. George's Hall, which is the city hall and gets flooded at the end. Um, yeah, it, Liverpool is such a great city. I am from the northeast. Whenever I've gone to Liverpool, it's just such a good vibe. Uh, I very much enjoy it. And I do have to say that this movie, if Liverpool could be the 51st state, it very much would, because it hates being part of England. <laughs> yes. if, if it could be its own yeah. state, it, um, it would. And I feel like this film maybe unknowingly broaches that through its castings. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if you wanted to to reel off the letterboxed uh, synopsis for this now, because I think this is the... the the, the theme we're going for. It's not as wild as Conair's description, but I think it kind of covers what you've already said. Uh, nice wheels, dirty deals, and one mean mother in a kilt. Uh, an American master chemist plans to score big on a once-in-a-lifetime drug deal. All does not go as planned, though, and he is soon entangled in a web of deceit. Uh, you've mentioned some people in the cast there before. Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Carlyle, Emily Mortimer. I only know her from Scream 3. Scream 3, three yeah. Uh, Meatloaf as the lizard. Uh, Reese Ethens. Is it Reese Ethens or Reese Ethens? He, regardless, Reece he pulls off the best. Is... He pulls off the most convincing Scouse accent in the movie. Uh, Ricky Tomlinson from Our Family. If any yeah. British listeners know about that old show, and Sean Pertwee, who we know as the voice of um, MasterChef UK, but also <laughs> as um, Alfred in the Gotham TV series. Yes, and he uh, he is he plays a mean bastard in this. A one. corrupt cock- Cockney cop. Yeah, a a Corockney. A Cockney, a cop. Say yes. Yeah, Yeah. and um, yeah. So basically, it's just really the the editing in this movie is crazy. Uh, I've not seen a movie by Ronnie Yu before, um, but like there are some interest. We've got so much to talk about with this movie because despite it not being an amazing film, there are just lots of really cool observations to to point out because you know it it came out in two thousand and one, post you know peak Brit pop era Mm -hmm. and it does kind of feel like that you know it it very much feels like the come down after the the 90s brit pop kind of conquest it feels (laughs) like you are on party drugs whilst Mm. you are watching it um two of the other english-speaking movies that ronnie has done was freddy versus jason and bride of chucky oh my god Uh, the former of which i know a lot of people really highly rate (laughs) you just you've just said freddy versus jason that i've instantly gone to the bit where freddy's pinging jason around like a pinball Mm. Yeah, it's uh, I can very much see how his style of directing would lend itself quite well to those kind of tongue-in-cheek horror movies. I did see a review on Letterboxd, which I thought was quite unfair, comparing it to a Tarantino slash Guy Ritchie knockoff, and mm. I feel like that's not a good take, TM, because Tarantino and Ritchie take a lot from Hong Kong action cinema and reference it lovingly and also kind of more directly in a lot of their work, so I feel to compare that to an Asian director doing his thing and coming to, you know, do a, a joint British-American production on this kind of film. I feel it's a very unfair comparison That's particularly, to me. particularly reductive when you've got SLJ involved as well yes. in his Tarantino collaborations. 
Yeah, arguably it's the best Samuel L. Jackson has ever looked in a movie. Oh my he, god, he I've, very hot in this I've, film. I've, I've felt an awakening for Samuel L. Jackson in this movie, especially the final shot. Yeah, he's in a kilt for a lot of it, and they very heavily imply that he's doing the traditional no underwear thing underneath it. Yeah. And you do have the great twist at the end where everyone's saying like, oh, he's throughout the movie people oh. refer to him as a guy in a dress, mm-hmm. which leads to a... A scene in the airport where TSA are trying to like hunt him down, and there's all these people in like traditional African and Arab garbs like coming through the airport, and mm-hmm. they have no idea what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, but you find out in the very final after credits scene that the reason he's worn the kilt this whole time is because in once he got the money to from the deal that he wanted, uh, the kilt he was wearing were the colours of the kilts of his family's historical slave owners, and he buys the castle that his former family slave owners lived in in Scotland. It's such a, a ball. It's top. such a baller move. Like. I, let me be clear like I I I really love this movie I watched it for the first time yesterday I never watched it before I I loved it um particularly because I feel like in that kind of like esoteric sense like it is very much like a, a Liverpool film but um it's just it that ending just was like the cherry on top it yeah, was really it's a, good. it's a, <laughs> it's such a lovingly Scouse movie. Mm. Um, from the actors doing pretty good Scouse accents throughout. <laughs> Reese Siphons does a really good job. He, he, I don't know what his character is called. I'm just going to call him Mister Drugs is, for the purposes is, um, of this, because yeah, uh, yeah, Mister Drug Icky, is Icky, his name. yeah, he's, Mis- a, he's a rival drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, and like arms dealer, and he basically looks like he's come out of a prodigy music video. Yes. But he, he has a, he does a very good, con- he has a very convincing accent, and Robert. Carlisle is really good, although it does kind of slip in and out a bit, kind of it like... It goes a bit Irish and it, a bit manker It's points. kind of like, you know, Matt Ryan's Constantine, where it, mm. it, it errs into the Welsh a lot. But mm. uh, the one of the big cruxes of the movie is that uh, Robert Carlyle's character, Felix, the reason why he wants the money so bad is because he desperately wants to see the derby between Liverpool and Manchester United. Yeah. And, and that forms a very big and, plot point for the movie. And there's some great context here. So this movie was, it came out in 2001. Uh, and this is this is another bonus for me because I, I get to talk about another cherished memory that I have of my dad. Um, but it came out in 2001. And during the 2000-2001 season, um, under Gerard Houllier, Liverpool actually won a treble of cups. Um it was called the Mickey Mouse treble by a lot of uh, rival fans, but, you know, they can piss off. And uh, we won the, uh, the the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the UEFA Cup. Uh, and I was only, like, you know, four or five at the time. But it was my first year remembering actually supporting Liverpool as a football club with my dad. And um, we went to see the treble parade as well. Uh, and it was just, it was, uh, watching this, I was just like, wow, like, I feel like, I have such vivid memories of, like, going into Liverpool for that parade and, like, seeing all the players and, like, you know, um, Robbie Carlyle's character, he has, like, a Robbie Fowler top on and everything. And it was just, it was just very pleasant. It was, it was, I feel like I, it, it's just, it's just a lovely little film to go back into. And, like, th- there is a lot of not goodness going on as well in terms of, I think, you know, the actual direction, editing. But overall, like, it's just... I very much enjoyed the, the the Liverpool that I got to see in this in this movie. Yeah, as you said, it accidentally kind of becomes a lot about the Scouse identity. Like the the crux of of the movie is around this this football game, but it also really touches upon like how important the football club is to Liverpool as an as an identity. You know, there's an earlier scene where. Felix goes into this pub with a bunch of Manchester United <laughs> and sets off like a firework and runs out. And he sets off the pyro. No pyro, no party. Yeah, exactly. And 
throughout throughout it there is kind of the this sense of this like you don't really see any liverpool icons necessarily in the film like the liver building is featured on the poster for the for the uk release of the movie but you know they don't visit like st george's where they don't visit albert dock they don't go into all these places in liverpool it's very much like the lived experience of liverpoolians well, I you, feel. Ha- well you have that really great scene where emily mortimer comes back and she meets um bobby carlisle's mum and it, 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 like she has the whole introduction they're just getting along and stuff and you know that kind of that that old scouse attitude of you know giving like giving people a little bit of like a little bit of shite but then really you know you kind of just like it's, nah, it's come here, you yeah know. exactly like you know uh, it is someone for me who you know i haven't lived in liverpool for so long but i feel like that city is such a big part of my identity it was kind of like there was a little bit of a relatability in there between those two between you know um, emily mortimer's character where it's like oh she's been away for so long but as soon as she's back in the city, it's like, oh, I feel she, home. She has her Scouse accent back. She changes her name back to Dawn mm-hmm. <laughs> from Dakota. <laughs> um, so for context as well, Emily Mortimer's character is a hired gun. She moved to the States to kind of start a new life for herself. She was sick of living in Liverpool. Um, somehow ends up owing a lot of money to the lizard. The lizard. <laughs> the he lizard. talks in the third person the entire movie. Oh, he does. Like, oh, the lizard wants... Elmo back because we've also not mentioned that Samuel L. Jackson's character's name is Elmo. Elmo knows where you live. <laughs> um, Samuel L. Jackson's character's name is El- Elmo McElroy. Yes. Um, even though it's spelled McElroy, as in mm. like my brother, my brother and me podcast. But anyway, <laughs> so the lizard speaks like this the entire movie, talking about what the lizard wants. It's a fine, fun little performance from Meatloaf. But anyway, so Emily Mortimer's character owes him a lot of money because Samuel L. Jackson has fled to Liverpool to make this uh, new deal to sell this really fancy uh, party party drug. drug. And the lizard is like, hey, Emily Mortimer, I will wipe your debts clean and give you extra cash if you fly over back to your hometown of Liverpool and kill this guy essentially and then that then changes to the lizard calling her and being like hey actually it's worth more if he's alive because he's the only one who knows the formula so kill all the people around him and of course that's very awkward because emily mortimer's character and robert carlisle's character used to date Mm -hmm. so uh shenanigans ensue they do uh that that scene where um after after felix who is carlisle's character after he he gate crashes the little the little uh the mank pub uh and then and then brings mcelroy to liverpool and you know he goes to see um the the fella from royal family i've already forgotten his name that's ricky a pop- tomlinson. ricky tomlinson of course mm-hmm. it is uh and um he gets shot in the bum and it's really really funny and he has to kind of like even when they have the the sex scene later on in the movie he's still after his mum tells him no shagging no sh- upstairs. no shagging upstairs he, he's, he's still got the little the little bum wound it's not he, he does yeah you know they think about these small details mm, yeah we also get you know a really cool uh car chase scene with the jaguar and uh the, <laughs> i can't a good cast. i can't describe the voxel as being cool but there's a cool chase scene where sean pertwee's character basically chases samuel jackson and, and robert carlisle around liverpool um and it's just it's just nice to see the city you know kind of in in that hollywood lens and yeah um the action the one thing i will say about it is that i do feel as though it wasn't it wasn't actiony enough for me there was some good there was some good stuff but for you know i kind of wanted some like proper gunfights i wanted some more of it you know you, there, there is some yeah. there is like there is a degree of violence in this movie and when uh when um elmo outsmarts all the guys who are kind of pursuing him you get a lot of gratuitous um kind of gross out violence the lizard's death he literally explodes into the football like 
private bathroom. Oh, like, it's just yeah. his blood and guts everywhere, and Sean Pertwee's just shaking on the mm-hmm. floor, covered in guts. And he also he also causes a bunch of skinheads to 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 shit themselves, to catastrophically shit themselves. Yeah. And you have that really funny moment where he throws in the, the loo roll. Usually, I'm, I get really like kind of like Ooh, out of those scenes, but I thought it was objectively no, they hilarious. In this. They, oh, they absolutely. One of the did. guys had a Nazi symbol shirt mm-hmm. on, so they deserved it. Yeah. Skinheads, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just. We get that whole stuff where he's, you know, he he he's out. I, I love how ingenious, you know, Elmo is in this movie. <laughs> I well, can't call opened, him Elmo. <laughs> it, it's such a weird name, but he, it opens up with, back in the seventies, and he gets pulled over. Exactly, after, li- literally, he has just graduated college with a degree in chemistry and gets pulled over uh, uh, for smoking weed, and the police officer's like it ain't the 60s anymore and like see this close-up dramatic shot of him stepping on the blunt like on the floor and Elmo's there in his very very fake wig and fake beard <laughs> um, going Ugh. um so it, from the very first like scene of, of him getting pulled over whilst the credits are rolling you're like okay this is the kind of movie it's gonna be yeah and going back to the action I think it's because the editing does a lot of work for it. It's very much of that, like, here's a shot of someone getting blown in the head and here's, like, a pillowcase with feathers flying everywhere. It's Mm. very of that ilk. And as you say, there's not a lot of action, but there is a lot of, like, good kind of chase scenes and kind of back and forth kind of witty banter dialogue, which I feel the only person who does it successfully in this movie is Icky, a.k.a. the very, very scout party (laughs) drug dealer. Yeah. My favorite character. He in the is movie. brilliant. He he does feel like he's. There's a lot of talk of like referencing the Chemical Brothers in this, but he just feels like he's walked out of like a the Prodigy music video. He's just he's absolutely bonkers. You know he if if, if I could have he's like, learning yoga. He wears women's underwear. We love that for him. <laughs> I feel like if you were if you went back in time to like the 90s or like the 80s and you you were going to the the government. And you were asked to, like, make a drug PSA about a guy who was going to approach children for drugs, you know, to, they to show sell them him. drugs. They show that him. Is, that is Reese Siphons' character in this movie. He just, he looks, he, he the, the, the gelled hair and everything, and you know, he's, he's got his whole thing where he's trying to practice his chakras, and oh, he's been, yes. like, meditating and stuff. He is just brilliant. I do, I do want to talk about the chemistry between Robert Carlyle and Samuel Jackson, because... They're really good. And I think, you know, we talk about Samuel Jackson being like a, a leading man so often in cinema because he is, you know, he's he is arguably the biggest movie star of all time. I think he's, if not the highest grossing movie star mm-hmm. of all time, I want to say. Um, and he's just brilliant in this. And I, it was it was nice to see him, you know, getting to outsmart people again. Um, and he, he kind of like, there's a lot, I feel like a lot of the action movies I think of like with Jackson in, in the 90s, you know, you, you die hard with a vengeances and you long kiss good nights. He's he's brilliant in both of those movies, but he's always playing kind of like a fish out of water. You know, mm-hmm. he's in over his head. Whereas in this film, he's in control of everything he's and he adapts very up. easily. He's always one step up, uh, in front of everyone else, even the people he's working with. This is very much a movie with the double crosses, with double crosses, with triple crosses, with quadruple crosses. And he's just always one step in front of everyone. He knows how to play people the whole joke is that the drugs he's made are actually a placebo pos standing for a piece of shit 51 the oh, 51st pa- state. power of power of suggestion it yes. was yeah 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 no it's 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 really good um and i do i do just think it's it's a wholesome fun little time i couldn't believe when i was looking online that it only had like 20 percent on rotten tomatoes but i don't even think it was that big a movie i mean i think it performed you know moderately financially successful in the uk but didn't really kind of find an audience um 
Uh, so the film earned over fourteen point four million dollars at the worldwide box office. Okay, so actually, did it did it did okay compared to you know, but um, yeah, I just think it's a great old time. I, I I was watching it and I just liked how you know, I as someone who you know, the main Hollywood impression I feel that people get of Britain. It's very, it's very south of the, you know, like the M25. It's very much located to like London and whatever. And it's, it's not often that you get to see Northern voices and Northern people um, in Hollywood and to see a, you know, a Scouse character getting to interact and have banter with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, it just, it just made for a really refreshing change of pace, I think. And the other thing that I again I, we've we've spoken about how earlier on you know unintentionally I think the film kind of taps into that element of Scouse identity. And I do need to bring up as well that the, the writer Steve Pavlo he's not a Scouser he studied in Liverpool but he's not a Scouser which is why I think this is this is unintentional. Um, but the lead bad cop in the movie Sean Pertwee you know he's very much like a a Southern London you know kind of geezer you know he's he's he's, he's a crooked cop. And he's basically ratting on everyone. And he bullies his poor uh, <laughs> Scouse cop partner throughout the movie as I well. I wish you stopped making fun of me about my weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, basically, as, as the movie reaches its climax, you know, he kind of corners Phoenix and is like, well, if you don't do a deal with me, you know, to, to get McElroy's uh, formula, um, I'm going to basically pin these murder charges on you and you'll go to prison. And immediately, you'll, the, the immediate consequence is that you'll miss the derby, but then you'll also, you know... <laughs> That's the immediate priority. Yeah, you, you'll also go to prison for a long time. So you have that going on. And then the, the further twist at the end is that Felix has the deal with um, Sean Pertwee's Scouse cop partner to basically kind of you know entrap him yeah yeah so i feel like i don't know there's i i like that about the movie you know and and this isn't this isn't me being antagonistic to people who aren't from liverpool that's absolutely not what i'm trying to say here um but i do think that you know even if it is in a very if, if even if i am reading too heavily into this i do think it was quite funny that you could maybe interpret it as, like, a kind of form of scout solidarity. It is interesting because, you know, uh, when the lizard makes the call to Dakota slash Dawn saying, you need to go over and stop this deal from happening, he calls them, you know, limeys, the, the, mm-hmm. the go-to insult for all British people. And uh, when you get into the UK and you get to Liverpool, suddenly it's all insults against scousers. And it's as you say, it's kind of this thing of, like, when people think of the UK, they think of down south, they think of London, or at an extent they might think of Manchester, because mm. a lot of American people who tour love to go there, and it's like a big uh, like touring city for, for big superstars and all that stuff. Um, you maybe have Scotland, which is all converged into one, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also have Ireland and, and Wales, who are sometimes all converged into one, just as two countries just together. Um, and I feel like it accidentally kind of captures what makes Liverpool what it is and kind of how it stands in you know in opposition to the rest of the UK which I think it's why it's such an interesting setting for a movie of of this kind and I do think unintentionally calling this movie the 51st state in reference to the United Kingdom as a whole is quite fitting for Liverpool because Liverpool is so anti-English in its identity and how it separates itself from the rest of the UK. Um, we had our census the other year and there was an increase in people <laughs> putting down their nationality as Scouse rather right. than British or English. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I, I do think that you know the fifty first state kind of title is heavily meant to be you know it's it's it's, just, it's meant to say like you know like American influence and dominance over the UK and the whole the whole narrative the the narrative crux of the movie is you know Samuel L. Jackson a yank uh, kind of basically pulling the wool over not only you know his you know his his, his enemies in in the US but also the kind of the dumb idiots in the UK as well. It's all about him outfoxing everyone and kind of basically getting his ultimate revenge on the ancestral torment, you know, his his family was subjected to when he, you know, eventually gets to, like, buy the castle of the people that, you know, did that. So, yeah, no, I, I, I just... It, it's a movie that I've, I'm kind of surprised doesn't get talked about a lot more because you think about, you know, early 2000s, kind of, like, peak of... You know, Samuel Jackson's enjoying his post, like... You know, not only his his post Pulp Fiction buzz, but you know he's basically kind of coming into his own as like a leading action star. Mm-hmm. And again, while there isn't a lot of action in here, um, it is it it, it feels it just it, it's it, I'm trying I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. It just feels uniquely like just if I was to describe a movie from the year 2000, I know it came out in 2001. But it just, it, I, I would, it feels like that. And that's, again, I have my own unique memories of the time period with the treble winning Liverpool season, with with me, actually, you know, one of my, my last years living in Liverpool or whatever. Um, but, you know, zeitgeistily. <laughs> it's very yeah. of the of the time. And, you know, I, I fully admit I took some convincing to watch this movie. <laughs> but I ended up having a really good time with it. Is it good? No, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of interesting sociocultural things to talk about with it. You know, the the very hyperactive editing and the dialogue's not always great. And does it show sometimes some very stereotypical portrayals of Scousers? Yes. There are some parts where Samuel L. Jackson is really the one kind of keeping you going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I would still recommend it, though. I think it captures such a unique time period within that section of of the uk and it's just was so weird for me to see a movie that was so unashamedly scouse which is quite odd considering the nature of it being a co-produced american british production and one of the first english-speaking movies that ronnie you directed outside of the the horror movies that that he did um and i thought the entire time when I was watching it, I could very much see how your dad, an honorary scouser, would <laughs> yeah. love this movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and I feel like I need, to, I need to bring up my dad here because he was originally from, from Glasgow. He was from a place called Barhead. Uh, he grew up supporting Rangers, but then had a massive fascination with Kenny Dalgleish, who obviously played for Rangers as arch-rival Celtic. Uh, and then he eventually found his way down to Liverpool, um, where he met my mum. Uh, and he kind of like fell in love with the city, fell in love with the football club, and you know I, he he enjoyed being an honorary scouser. And you know, I I, I think that I, I'm annoyed that I never got to watch this one with him because he did talk about it, you know, every now and again. Because we used to bring up the fact that Samuel Jackson supports Liverpool Football Club. He kind of took up an interest in the club after after watching this film. I don't know how regularly he, he watches games or whatever, but you know, a few years ago he was tweeting about them quite regularly. So yeah, no, it's just I, I despite having not seen this with Dad, I have I was able to watch it yesterday and instantly get more fond memories back. And um yeah, I'll I'll appreciate it for that. I do think um I just think it's a fun old time. I think I gave it about three and a half stars on Letterboxd. And I think I think if I'm being if I'm being logical, it's probably a two 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 and a half or three star movie. Um but for me personally, I feel like <laughs> 
<laughs> I can specifically tap into so many different elements of this movie that just kind of make me feel happy. And isn't that the essence of a dad movie? Truly. It's got uh, fast cars, mm-hmm. many fast cars, which get destroyed, of course. Oh, they we do. have to drive a really crappy little Mini Cooper, <laughs> um, which Felix is not happy about at all. Um, but yeah, it, it just has this kind of wholesome energy about it. And it's made with a lot of love as much as it's quite a cynical movie in a lot of in a lot of ways and i feel like a lot of american or non-british viewers wouldn't quite get it that's not me kind of being sat on a high horse oh, it's no, me totally. literally saying i don't i'm surprised considering the nature of the production like how faithful and good it is in relation to the aspect of the identity in the city um but yeah, I've, I've, a lot of reviews on Letterboxd, and there's not a lot of them, um, aren't particularly fond of fond of the movie. And that's fine. Like, I can totally understand why, because I feel like you have to have very specific knowledge of the city and the Scouse identity to really understand it. Um, I'm sure you'll understand the accent's fine. That's not an issue. But on subtitles, if you need to, the accent is not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like as a fish out of water kind of story with Samuel L. Jackson's character, Elmo, which is still just, I don't know why they named him Elmo <laughs> McElroy. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a fun time. And I found myself even though I was laughing at how weird and wild some of the editing choices were and how <laughs> over-the-top dramatic it does feel the like a pro- It feels is. like a prodigy music video. It's so balls-off-the-wall crazy. You know, I too would go mad if I was in a club and Samuel L. Jackson just started throwing, like, what looked like Could you imagine? down at me. Could you imagine? I would love it. I'd be like, is that... Huh? Is that Samuel Jackson? He's come back. He's come back to Liverpool. Honorary Scouser. The Saviour's return. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I found myself quite enjoying it. And I think you should give this a go because it is very dad-like. And if any listeners, which Ewan has a lot of fans that are also Scousers, Mm -hmm. if you haven't already watched it, I think you'll really enjoy this movie. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, I think anyone, like, if you... Not kind of, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone of every age, but, you know, especially (laughs) especially if, if you do have memories of that, like, early 2000s period where Liverpool are kind of having a brief resurgence, whatever... You know, it, it feels like a unique point in time where, like, Liverpool was kind of, like, just it coming back into its own. Because, you know, you have to remember as well, this was a few years before we got the the Capital of Culture bid, the European City of Culture, when then, you know, Rafa Benitez came in and really kind of, the city as a whole adopted the big Spanish culture as well. But it just, it just feels like it's like, it. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't really articulate accurately just how much I feel like, this movie was specifically designed to appeal to me um but yeah no it's just it's just great and uh hopefully hopefully me enjoying it manifests a good result on saturday i'll be i will be i will be be back in liverpool for that day i don't i don't know when i'm gonna upload this episode it might be on the day of it might be before but uh yeah fingers crossed manifesting yeah didn't get the quad (laughs) <laughs> but you know it's it's all good you can just be champions of europe instead yeah maybe enjoying the 51st state was the real quadruple maybe, maybe that's maybe. that's the only extra trophy that you need um but yeah i think that was that was 51st state aka formula 51 i hope you enjoyed us rambling about this movie and me getting to talk about a bit of uh, liverpool and why i think it's the best place on earth um 
You can follow me on Twitter if you want to, at Ewan Ruins Things. Uh, Xander is not on Twitter, but you can follow them on Letterboxd. You can just find me on Letterboxd to see my hot, hot film takes. Yeah, I'll, po- I'll post a tweet out with our with our little little, little profiles Ooh. on. Um, and yeah, you can follow, obviously, the Wheel of Dad Moody's podcast on Twitter. We're on Acast. I don't know how this entire system works um maybe try and get it on a few more platforms soon i will have a patreon update for you soon guys i promise i just it's been a very very busy right that Van Sleef article it's 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 so it's just it's nearly there it's like it's just i need i need i just need to get the cool little hat and then and then i'll be in the mind zone for it but yeah um yeah we'll just we'll just say goodbye now so yeah thank you for listening and i'll keep your eye keep your eyes peeled to twitter and i'll post a tease of the next one we're gonna do because i think it's gonna be the jack ryan movies finally yeah up the reds up the reds see ya